Welcome to Civil Discourse. This podcast will use government documents to illuminate the workings of the American government and offer context around the effects of government agencies in your everyday life. And now your hosts, Nia Rogers, public affairs librarian, and Dr. John Augenbaugh, political science professor. Hey, Augie. Good morning, Nia. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I, um... Our episode today, okay, so listeners, you know how Augie usually crushes my soul and um, kills my dreams of doing all kinds of things? We would like to talk today about Mr. Claus and NORAD, and we think that perhaps um, if you have young people, if you're in the car listening to this or someplace else where you might have young people with you, it might be a good thing not to have them listen to this particular episode because there might be dream crushing involved. Yes. So Uh, um, we just want to get that warning out now. (laughs) Yes. We don't, we're not going to try to crush your dreams, but you know, Augie's never trying to crush my dreams when he starts. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Let's be very clear here, faithful (laughs) listeners. Okay. When we start an episode, it's not my intent to crush Nia's, you know, hopes and dreams of, you know, running the Space Force Library or becoming president or secretary of defense. Um, or no, no, I want to be the head of the government services administration, right? The GSA. GSA. That that, that is your 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 latest ambition. Yes. That's all the power. Yeah, all the power. Um, but only but, every four years. Well, but you know, <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, like many powers, do you really want to go ahead and use it too much? No, that's true. It doesn't have as much impact if, if, <laughs> although, I, and I know that it, I, I, we do have a request, by the way, to follow up with what the heck the GSA actually does. Oh, hey, um, so episode. we'll be talking about yes. that in the spring. Uh, those who have, who are tired of the elections, we can also say, so are we. we oh yeah. my goodness, we're tired of talking about this. So you should expect in the spring a lot less election yes yeah we're going to go back to our usual um you know find some sort of idiosyncratic government document or phenomenon or you know you know we may talk about a court case dealing with mud flaps which is what we did a couple (laughs) years ago which you know quite a few of our listeners are like i never knew that about mud flaps well you know hey okay yeah, so expect that you will see a return to our um, to our previously scheduled way of doing the podcast. We we enjoyed the election coverage, or at least I can speak for myself and say I enjoyed the election coverage. But I'm also ready to move back to um, what we originally got into this, which is what the heck does the government do, and what are the documents that support yes. that, um, uh, so that you can go and read that stuff. And lots of stuff is being published online. Yes. So the good news is that you'll be able to um, connect with it electronically through our research guide. Yes. But, so today's, episode, but today's episode, uh, much like we did last December when we talked about um, uh, um, Christmas decorations at the White House, including trees, um, and also uh, last year, uh, you ought to take a look at this um, a gratuitous self-plug. Uh, we did an entire episode about presidents uh, pardoning uh, turkeys, yes. uh, which uh, for those of you who may have gotten caught up in the uh, post-election news uh, and may have missed this, uh, President Trump uh, did go ahead and uh, follow tradition 
he pardoned a turkey. <laughs> um, he had a choice of two, uh, just like the infamous West Wing episode. <laughs> he had a choice of two. He pardoned one. Uh, but uh, postscript, uh, both birds uh, uh, ended up um, having their lives saved. Um, so, um, but nevertheless, uh, kind of sort of following up. Um, I, I don't uh, remember their names this year. Uh, neither can I. Uh, but, you know, as long as uh, we're doing this podcast, uh, Nia and, uh, and I hope uh, that every year about this time, we're going to do uh, a holiday related if you will, episode. Um, in today's episode, um, and again, we've already given the, uh, the uh, warning <laughs> uh, about uh, uh, who should not listen, uh, uh, and that is uh, we're going to look at uh, tracking Santa. Uh, but uh, Nia's got an update on the names of the turkeys uh, under consideration this year for the pardon. They were corn and cob. Oh, yeah, that's right. Corn and cob. Corn and cob this year. Yes. Yes. So, yes. Okay. So, there's, um, I know that this story is somewhat well known, um, but I'm not entirely sure that all the details are well known. And actually, uh, I believe from your research, the first time that NORAD or some other part of the federal government began to track Mr. Claus on Christmas Eve was not the infamous story that everyone knows. Correct. Right? It yeah. was something else. Yeah. Um, uh, so first, let's uh, uh, repeat, if you will, the, the basic details of the well-known story. So, you know, the, 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 the story that usually gets repeated is that um, the United States federal government began to track um, Santa's movements on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day uh, because of uh, a department store promotion that kind of sort of went askew, <laughs> okay? Uh, in that, that's one way to put that. So in 1955, the Sears department store, okay, had a promotion where people could dial a toll-free number and talk to Santa, okay? Uh, because, you know, for, you know, folks, I mean, folks know this, uh, kids like to talk to Santa, you know? Well, in 1955, not a huge number of people would have had phones. Phones, okay, yes. I mean, there right? was- Right, so this wasn't like, oh, we're gonna get trillions of calls the way it no. would now. Like, if you did that now, if, if you said, we're going to let you talk to Santa now, you'd have to have a bank of 5,000 Santas working all the time. Yeah. Uh, but back then, there were significant numbers of people in the United States and significant parts of the country who were, th who were without phone service. So this wasn't considered, you know, something, you know, the Sears department store was not going that far out on a limb by having this promotion. But nevertheless, a young girl in Colorado dialed the wrong number and she actually uh, got the Continental Air, Air Defense Command, which it was the predecessor for NORAD. Uh, the Con CONAD. CONAD, okay, which is, uh, was located in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Okay, can I just say that that 
makes me want to pick up my phone and start dialing like one number off of things to see what I get. Because I'm not entirely certain that I think that the safety of the Air Command of the United States should be one number off from the Santa number for Sears. Sears. <laughs> that, that's a little terrifying. That, that, you know what I mean? Like, but it also makes me think, ooh, maybe I could figure out the phone number for the Situation Room in yeah. the White House. And then I could just be call, call up and say, hey, what are y'all doing? You know, wouldn't that be fun? Except the FBI would probably show up at my door approximately an hour later saying, why are you calling the situation room? room. Yeah, right. You know, you I, get, I wonder, did anybody show up at this little girl's door and say, <laughs> excuse me, how did you get the number for? Yeah, you know, you, you know, you, you call up a number for uh, a takeout, right? Um, and you dial the wrong number. And the next thing you know, you're talking, you know, to somebody who's, you know, manning a desk, uh, watching troop movements um, in another part of the world. How did you get this number, sir? Hey, all I wanted was a medium pizza with pepperoni and mushrooms. Right. Uh, I'm going to have to transfer you to someone else. Probably a person who's going to put you in prison. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's this weird, I, I think that that's hilarious that that the numbers were close enough that if a little girl dialed them she and she dialed them incorrectly, she would get. And hilarious that somebody answered the phone because uh, you would imagine that they'd answer the phone, Continental Air Defense Command, how may I help you? Yes. Well, and, and that's the thing. The, the staff at CONAD, okay, found out what happened. I mean, like in any government agency, okay, when something strange or unusual happens, okay, the rumor mill, the gossip mill within the agency, okay, it got reported rather quickly. Because oh, the young I'm girl, sure. <laughs> the young girl actually got a colonel who was on duty, who took the phone call, right? So in many government agencies, particularly those um, who are, you know, uh, where the positions are considered, you know, vital or essential, there's always somebody at the agency who takes phone calls, right? You right. see this in police departments, uh, EMT units hospitals i promise uh, you that somebody at noaa answers the phone all yeah. the time yes right you know somebody at the department of uh, of homeland security right answers the phone all the time right like <laughs> you know, i want to report a terrorist oh sorry we're all gone for the weekend like yeah no yeah okay you know fema does right right and likewise the various will <laughs> units of the defense department okay they had somebody taking phone calls. In this case, it was a colonel, okay? It, uh, his name was Colonel Shoup, okay? And he wasn't a big fan of what the communications department of CONAD actually came up with. But he answered the girl, right? Girl. Like oh, he yeah. did actually say to her, we're tracking him and it's he's going to be there. So, Christmas Eve, so be good and, you know. Yeah, you know, and, and do what your mommy and daddy tell you to do. Um, and when you wake up tomorrow morning, okay, from what we've been able to gather, Santa will be there, right? Okay, so he did at least, he didn't say, crazy little girl, this is the air <laughs> command, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, didn't, you didn't say didn't that. crush her dreams, he just. No. But, you know, he didn't see what the communication staff of CONAD, okay, could see, okay? Because remember, 
there are a lot of people who work in government who have serious jobs. They don't necessarily, you know, you know, if you are part of Air Command of the United States government post World War II, okay, you know, post Korean War, you're not really thinking about PR opportunities of the federal government, okay, in Santa Claus. No, what you're thinking is, okay, we got a Cold War going on. Um, and my job is to make sure that tomorrow morning, the United States is not in a war with the Soviet Union. Well, and I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, like every person who works in a government agency, speaking as a person who works in a government agency, right? One of my goals in life is to not be in the news. I want there to never be a report of the public affairs librarian at VCU did this incredibly criminal slash publicly embarrassing slash obnoxious thing and we're going to be on the six o'clock news with it. Like, I never want to be in that kind of news. So I try to not be in the news at all, um, except for extraordinarily good things. But we have a PR department in the library that it's their job to try to get out the good information and the good things that we do. But that's not my job. My job is to make sure I don't do bad things, right? And my job is to do a good job at my job. So then they can say, look what a good job we're doing. This is a great thing, right? So I, I'm, part of him, I'm sure, was thinking, I, immediately when he realizes it's a little girl, he's thinking, don't screw this up. Yeah. right yes. don't make this little girl cry don't make her parents call the news and say the mean colonel was awful to her and made her cry and now she doesn't believe in christmas anymore like yeah i mean you know what i mean like all of that went through his head i'm sure is like oh no and then you get the pr people who are like oh, gold mine this is yeah this is a gold mine right that's but, that's but it's, a common story Right. But to your point where we started off the episode, the first time the federal government said it was tracking Santa uh, was in 1948. The United States Air Force Public Relations Office made an announcement in 1948 that they had an unidentified sleigh powered by reindeer on its radar. So that's seven years before the traditional. Yes, seven years, right? And it went nowhere. Nowhere. Absolutely <laughs> nowhere. Which shows you that marketing is hugely about the moment. Sure. Okay. Like marketing of anything, including the government. Like they, somebody came up with that. It's a great idea. I personally, as a child, every year watched. Oh, watched it on the news, right? Because they showed it, the, the weatherman would yeah. say, and now we're going to show you where Santa is. And they would somehow show you the NORAD satellite and the whole, yeah, I mean, because all that stuff. And we go, oh, he's over, he's over China. And my mother would say, oh, you have to go to bed. You don't want to be awake when he comes because if you're awake, he won't stop, right? Like it was a great way for my parents to get us to go to bed. Oh, hey, um, parent, parents across the United States and eventually the world, okay, would right. use that, right? And it always happened during the weather portion of the nightly news. Yep. Okay. Uh, the, the weather forecaster would say, okay, yes, we are getting snow or no, we're not getting snow. It's going to be a white Christmas. It's not going to be a, a white Christmas. And oh yeah, by the way, 
we've already tracked on our radar, okay, and this has been ver verified by the U.S. federal government, Santa has left the North Pole, okay, and he is now here, okay, in some northernmost point of Canada, okay, starting his journey to deliver gifts and presents to kids across the world. And at that point, you know, just like your parents, my mom would go ahead and say, okay, kids, uh, if you want Santa to, you know, stop, you better get to bed because he's already left the North Pole. Right. <laughs> right. It was great leverage. Yeah, right. It was great leverage for, and then at the 10 o'clock, it became an emergency. Yes. If you weren't in a sleep, if you weren't asleep by now, this is an emergency because he's super close Plus. and he's not going to stop because he doesn't stop for kids who are awake. Right. Yes. Like my mom just made it very clear. He does not stop for kids who are awake. And, and so you would go and lay down, squish your eyes closed and try to go to bed. But what's amazing to me is that they tried that the first time. Went and nowhere. what what eventually took off was like, yeah, whatevs, who cares? And then you seven years later, you get this confluence of a little girl and an accidental phone call and somehow that blossoms into this thing that I remember very positively from my childhood. Oh, I mean, I remember, I mean, every, all my friends, and, you know, to update this and we're, we will get to, um, you know, what it currently is today. You know, my daughter's eight years old. She still believes in Santa. We have, for the last four years, gone online on Christmas Eve and checked to see where Santa was. See, it's a okay. thing. Like it, it, it's still a thing, right? Um, and but, you know, but that and, first hook at it just didn't. And it's, it's like new Coke. It just didn't take off. Yeah, right. Right. Like, like people were like, I'm suspicious of that new Coke because it tastes like Pepsi. So I'm not going to drink it. Right. Because it didn't taste like Coke. And then poof, that went away and they brought Coke back. But, you know, you throw into the mix, okay, right. a little girl, Santa, uh, and a curmudgeonly uh, colonel. Okay. Right. Um, Answering and the phone stressed out and, and you know, trying to be careful about the defense of the United States. And here he is talking to this little girl. It's a Hallmark movie. Yes. It's, it's a heartwarming. The only way it would have been improved is if there had been a polar bear involved. Yes. Right. You like, know, you could, or a penguin. Right? Or a penguin. Or oh, a yeah. penguin. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about that. Right. Yeah, if Morgan Freeman had done the voiceover for it, <laughs> that's the only way. I mean, like, you know. <laughs> so. A couple years later, um, uh, CONAD has now been renamed the North American Air Defense Command, which is NORAD. Okay. And some of you are like, you know, geez, Louise, government, government acronyms. Well, you know, hey, that's what, that's part of what we do with this podcast, right? Yep. Okay. We try to translate for you as often as we can. We expose you to a whole bunch of government acronyms, <laughs> and then we spend a whole bunch of time explaining what they mean. And sometimes me and I don't necessarily understand. I'm trying to understand where the R comes in, but nevertheless, it became known as NORAD. I, is okay. it NOR? 
American <laughs> yeah. air, air defense, but then it's it would right. be NORAD. There'd be two A's. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Sorry, we love you, Department of Defense, but sometimes your yeah, your acronyms uh, your just, acronyms are FUBAR. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, and we'll which we will you. not explain on this podcast because yes. it involves yeah, language we'll we don't use. Yeah, we'll let you explore that online. <laughs> um. From a not work computer. Yes, yes, um, yeah, because not safe for work. Okay, so um, 1958, NORAD takes it over. 1958, NORAD takes it over. Yes, and then the reporting begins to get really elaborate, okay? They would issue hourly, if you will, communiques about where Santa <laughs> and the reindeer were. So right? the PR team took their foot and put it all the way on the accelerator as hard as they could. Oh, my goodness, yes, right? Okay, and then they would start uh, uh, shaping the message so that uh, depending where you were, you could uh, uh, change it, you know, if you were in California. Okay, Santa uh, has now crossed over the Canadian state of Washington border, right? You know, if you're in the upper Midwest, okay, um, he is going through Canadian provinces and and it ends up becoming like a geography lesson by default, right? Okay. You know? Uh, Santa, yeah. I mean, it shows you where he is on the planet and how far away that is from you. Although sometimes the time zones get a little squishy for NORAD because yeah, right. they're I mean, trying to get the kids to go to bed. So it's not exactly, you know. But by the early 1960s, okay, and again, for our younger, okay, uh, listeners of the podcast, you know, by the early 1960s, um, you know, you could track Santa by calling a 1-800 number, okay, with the federal government. You had um, uh, uh, press releases uh, that media organizations then could use, but there was no tracking online because we didn't have, you know, Online. Online, the internet, the web, okay. <laughs> Didn't exist as we know it. I think there was a military version by that point, but not so, but not a widespread used version. But but they did release that to like television stations. Okay, wait, we should say for our younger audiences, in the 60s, up until, really up until 9-11, there was no such thing as 24-hour news. You had a brief news break at noon, Yes. Which would give you, generally speaking, the weather for the afternoon, right? And then at six, you well, you had 5.30, you had local news, and six o'clock, you had the national news. So Mr. Cronkite, who would tell you what's going on in the nation, and then you had news at like 10 or 11, depending on where you were, there would be some sort of latish news of what had happened in the early evening or things that they were tracking in the early evening and the weather for tomorrow morning when you got up to go to work and all the sports scores. Yes. I mean, huge sports, sports, sports section. Yes. And then, then you had print media, right? I mean, right. You okay. had a morning you edition and sometimes an evening edition. That's right. So, I mean, there were, I mean, in contrast to today where we even have large cities in the United States that don't have daily newspapers, hard copy right. newspapers anymore. Um, you know, back in the 1960s and 70s, it was not unusual for big cities to not only have multiple daily news 
uh, uh, newspapers, but some of the newspapers did both morning and afternoon editions, right? Because that's where you got your news. You know, you didn't look it up on your phone because your phone was a landline in your house, right? That, and, that went... When you dialed it because it was a circular. Yeah, it was rotary. It didn't even have the buttons. It was rotary, right? Yeah, it was rotary. I mean, we, you know, it didn't, you you didn't get a a dial pad on most home phones, landlines, until the 1980s and 90s. And some of you all are like, are you kidding? No, we're not kidding, right? Yeah, it slowed you down. It slowed you down. Slowed you down a little bit. But I remember reading in the local newspaper or the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, okay, reports, you know, two or three days before Christmas, okay. NORAD has reported they have seen Santa on their radar coming out of the North Pole, right? I mean, that, that's right. Well, the, they started. They would start by. I think a couple of days out, they would start by reporting activity at the activity. North Pole. That's right. That's we, right. We are tracking activity at the North Pole. We're not sure what it is. Like yeah. it was a surprise. Yes. And then, and then, so they were building this whole surprise thing. And then, you know, it would. He would leave, and they would tell you on the news. So I, I love that. Oh, I think hey. that's very sweet. The government so rarely gets marketing right, oh. and it so rarely does something that is bipartisanly sweet. Yes. Right? Like, okay, we can all agree, I think, that national parks are bi- bipartisanly sweet. They are a they're benefit. They're a good. They're a public good. They're a benefit to every human, whether yes. you ever set foot in a park or not, the air that they create, you breathe, it's all good, right? Like, but that's a pretty unusual, because you can criticize almost everything about the government. Yes, right? I mean, I mean, technically, you could criticize national parks if you were a person who was like, no, that should be public grazing land and blah, blah, blah. Like, even that, but it's really hard to criticize tracking santa (laughs) (laughs) you could argue maybe that that um it's very christian it's very christian focused but aside from that one tiny argument i don't know that you could argue against it as a as a public sweetness or a public good well i mean it, it definitely falls into the category of public outreach which, you know, scholars have, you know, long lamented where government, particularly, you know, 20th century, 21st century, where the government frequently um, is deficient. And and this is a, this is a bipartisan, if you will, lament, is that the government frequently doesn't do enough good public outreach, right? Because here's the thing, For those of you who are wondering, no taxpayer money is spent on NORAD tracking Santa. There's no public money spent on it, okay? Um, Right, it's private donations, isn't it? It is private donations. And private people who put together all the... It is materials and stuff for it. It, it is staffed by volunteers. Okay. Um, 
The overhead and advertising is handled by corporate sponsorships and ads. Okay, so down at the bottom of the screens, or you know, you will see, you know, um, our you know, our corporate sponsors are in little fine print. Okay, um, it is one of the most popular federal government programs according to public opinion polls. I mean, as Nina just pointed out. Even if you're not a big fan of Christmas, even if you don't have kids, I mean, it's tracking Santa, right? Right. It's, it's hard tracking, to argue. It's tracking Santa. Especially when you consider how much we despise other parts of the government. Like the congressional positivity rating, I think, is slightly below the bubonic plague. Yeah. Like people would rather get the bubonic plague than talk to a member of Congress. Yes. So, like there's a lot of government institutions that aren't super well um, loved or respected. Well, not probably respected, but loved. Or right? a lot of them are respected or approved of. I mean, but, you know, you know, think about this, for instance, Nia. In a couple months, we'll have made it through the winter, and um, we may have had one or two snowstorms here in the Richmond area. And, uh, you know, come late February, early March, there will be potholes, right? Yes. <laughs> and various local governments will then try to fill them. But no matter how well they do or don't do, we will still be critical about the fact that as we are driving wherever in March, okay, maybe even April, there will That's be potholes. Yep, stupid right? Richmond roads. Yes. They're going to destroy right. my car. Yep. Right? And we will pick out the local government in question where we live, where we travel, okay? But that's a lot of roadway to go ahead and make sure that there aren't any potholes. Right. It's right? not very fair of us to do that. But, but nevertheless, that's what we do. Right. Right? And I'm just talking about potholes. We're, we're not even talking about, you know, bigger issues like pandemics or who gets vaccines or whether or not there's going to be stimulus money to support all those businesses, okay, who are not actually in business because of the pandemic, you know, whatever the case may be, right? But here we have the federal government tracking Santa. No tax dollars are used. Volunteers man the phone lines, okay? Um, you know, one of the great things that I found in doing my research is that a Michelle Obama actually was part of the phone bank from 2009 to 2016. Really? That, that's great stuff, right? Oh my gosh. Okay, so what? what is that? A, a, a few hundred people answer the phones? About 1,500. Oh, 1,500. Okay. Yes. So 1,500 people answering the phones like Colonel Shoup, right? Like they're answering yes. the phone for little kids who are trying to call Santa and say, "Yes, I want a horse pony. I want a whatever. Ooh. I want this. I want a that." No, when you call, and by the way, Mackenzie and I, my daughter, we actually called uh, three years ago. <clears throat> oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, Mackenzie uh, didn't believe Daddy when Daddy said that Santa had left the North Pole. <laughs> oh, so they give you an update of where he is. You actually talk to a real live human being. It is so, so cool. I'm assuming that what they do is find out where you are so they can give you the tailored yes. Yes. version of that. Yes. 
Okay. Okay. Because uh, the, the 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 sweet elderly lady we got on the phone, okay, went ahead and said, <laughs> "Oh, you're in uh, uh, Richmond, Virginia," and Mackenzie, you know, uh, you know, said, "Yeah." Well, we don't live in Richmond. We live in Enrico. <laughs> you know, my daughter, you know, correct. She's very specific. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, and, and the nice lady said, well, you know, according to our calculations, okay, uh, and it was Christmas Eve, um, uh, uh, the nice elderly lady said, by our calculations, Santa ought to be at your house, you know, sometime here in the next two and a half, three hours. Okay. And of course, I had it on speaker. And I said, so you know what that means, Mackenzie? And Mackenzie, in the classic disappointed kid's voice, yes, I have to go to bed. And the nice <laughs> elderly lady said, well, you know, if you want Santa to visit, you got to do what mommy and daddy <laughs> tell you to do. And I was just like, yeah, for the win. <laughs> Thank you, nice stranger, for backing me up. Yes. yes right? Well, okay, so so you get a report of where he is. Okay, so you're not yeah. calling Santa. You're calling to ask where Santa is. Yes, yes, okay. yes. And or, she, oh, can you imagine getting Michelle Obama? Like, uh -huh. how cool would that be? Or you, you can wouldn't send an even email. know. Like, kids don't even know. They're not. Yes. Or you can send an email. So last year, we sent an email on the afternoon of Christmas Eve. And within 45 minutes, we got an email back. <gasps> I get wow. You it is so cool. Okay. Then, okay, I pulled up, okay, uh, the, uh, the, this, you know, if you will, the quote unquote satellite tracking on my computer. And we watched that for like eight minutes. <laughs> until, until Mackenzie got bored, right? Yeah. Yes. So, um, how many phone calls do they get? Uh, over 120,000 phone calls every year. Yes. Holy cow. Yes. That's okay. a lot of, you know, if they could monetize that, they'd make a oh. killing. But of course, if you had to call, right, if you had to call a 1-900 number, you wouldn't do it. Like that's, yes, that's part of the magic of it is that it's free. If you have a kid and your kid doesn't believe you, you can say, okay, well then let's call the Santa line and find out where he is. And because these are kids of the early 21st century, they expect that kind of immediate response, right? I mean, <laughs> No, seriously. I mean, for the for the for the listeners. Oh okay. my gosh, that first yeah, phone call in 1955. Yeah. If another kid had called, they would have gotten a busy signal. Yes, right. And that but, would have been the end of that. But for, <laughs> but for listeners who you know have kids or who interact with kids on a pretty regular basis, you know what I'm talking about. Kids of the early 21st century. You know, they want immediate feedback. Anything that like takes longer than five or six minutes, okay, they're like, okay, this is boring. This doesn't work. Okay, you're lying to me. But no, we got an immediate response. And when you pull it up, uh, 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 there is a website, noradsanta.org. <laughs> Which it we will link to from the research guide. It received over 9 million hits last year. 9 million. There are people around the world, Nia, okay, who will log on just to go ahead and follow Santa around the world. Yes. Well, this is cool stuff. Okay. It is, it, it is, it's, 
the government at its best. Yes. It's the government organizing. And it sounds like it's not just the government. Like it, it organizes volunteers. It organizes corporate sponsorships. Right. But the government, somebody has to take the initiative to organize all that and get it. And then if it were a corporation, they would want to monetize it. Yes. Which is why it's better if the government does it, because then it's not monetized, right? Then, then it's a one eight hundred number free to any kid who can get a hold of a phone. I should put the eight hundred number on the, on the research guide, which I will also do. Um, well, I mean, and it's tied into Google Analytics. I mean, think about how many of us use, you know, you know the 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 Google Maps or, you know, the, the Google. Oh, is it on Google Maps? Do they now do? Yes. Yes. If you have an app, an application, okay, that is tied into Google Analytics, you should be able to go ahead and track Santa. Because I I tracked Santa on my phone last year, okay? Because Mackenzie wanted to make sure uh, that, you know, Santa made it through any of the bad weather. She's really a really sweet kid <laughs> okay um well she worries about these things good she, she, she worries about that because she wanted to make sure that kids in other parts of the world uh also would have um a delivery from uh, uh, of their presence and that yeah. that is it doesn't just go christmas eve right it goes it starts on 4 a.m on christmas eve and it continues until midnight christmas day Eastern time. Eastern standard. So that time. means it gets all of the kid, like the kids in Hawaii, the kids in Alaska, and yes. then the kids around the world, because that yes. would mean that it would take care of yes all the kids in other countries as well. Yes. Is yep. it an international phenomenon? Do you think that people in other well, yeah, if nine million hits, that would have to be. Yes. <laughs> well, no, it wouldn't necessarily have to be, but it okay, probably maybe. is spread across. But think about probably it is spread across the world at this point. Think about the number of phone calls, the emails. I mean, over 12,000 emails are received every year, right? Then the 9 million hits, okay? In, in mind, in, by the way, when we're talking about uh, a hit on the internet, I mean, you log on. You don't have to go ahead and log off, right? So, I mean, we, you know, we came back and tracked Santa, you know, 45 minutes later, okay, et cetera, right? Right. Yeah. That's a cool thing, right? That's a cool thing. Yeah, it is a cool thing, right? And what's amazing to me is that the first time it came up, people were like, eh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it wasn't, yes. it, we weren't ready for it yet. That's we, right. We weren't, as a nation, ready to sort of get into the spirit of, oh, the the government can do these sort of sweet lighthearted yes things and, and could be that 48 was still too close to world war ii i mean there may have been yeah some, something that made it not as um as like the marketing zeitgeist just wasn't there but then you get you know seven years later you get sort of everything comes together and now it's yeah, magical. I mean, you know, and, and think about the, the mindset of the country, right, in, in 48. You're just out of uh, the Great Depression. You're just out of World War II. Um, you know. Uh, Europe is still quite devastated. Oh, yeah, Europe is The United devastated. States has lost 
thousands and thousands and thousands of men, young men in the in the war. In the war. Um, uh, then you had to go ahead and accommodate those who did serve and survive. Uh, there was a lot going on in regards to the country, you know, returning to normal, right? right. Um, but for whatever reason, you know. Although 55, that's before Korea, isn't it? That's after, after Korea. After Korea. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. before Vietnam. So yeah. we're in a mid-war period. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot that goes into that, I'm sure, that made, yeah. that made it work the second time that didn't really make it work the first time. Well, and then also think but about- But you know that the people who did it the first time were bitter. Oh, They're like, yeah. we said that. Yeah. We said that and nobody listened. It, it, I it, would it, be. It, that would be me writing letters and saying, this was my idea. It, it, and Just for, saying. And for listeners who've, who've not worked in government <laughs> agencies, uh, please be sympathetic to both Nia and myself because you know we work for the government, right? We work in government agencies. Um, and it in, in, in inevitably happens. Uh, you have a good idea uh, as a government worker. Uh, you pitch it, it goes nowhere for whatever reason or reasons, right? Right. Okay, but a few months later, a couple years later, uh, the topic or issue comes back around. Somebody else makes the same suggestion and the next thing you know, uh, a majority of the people in the room were like, oh, that's a great idea. It's a great idea. Why haven't we ever thought of that before? And you just want to thump your head against the table. <laughs> but instead, if you're, if you're a good player, if you're a good team player, you say, great, let's get on it. That's great. I have some ideas about how that might help or work or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you join the, you join the group. Yes. Um, and, then, and you swallow your bitter resentments and talk about it to your family. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or your friends or your colleagues who are like, well, you know, you, you handled that really well by not being, you know, a, 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 bit, a, a bitter, yeah, a bitter jerk or idiot. Okay. <laughs> Good <laughs> on you. <laughs> but you know what? Either way, we got here and now we're here and it doesn't look like this is the kind of thing that's going to go away anytime soon. Oh, no. I mean, it, 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 no, pre, no presidential administration, no session of Congress has ever gone ahead and said, we need to end this. Okay. Nobody in the Defense Department says, you know, our job is to protect the nation. Our job isn't to track Santa. Nobody says that, right? This is a good thing, Right. Yeah. It's 65 years. It would be really hard to kill now. Yes. Right. I mean, and again, as somebody who has a child who still believes in Santa, I don't want to have a Christmas where my child says to me, um, uh, Daddy, <clears throat> where's Santa? Because right now I can say, well, let's go ahead and track them. <laughs> right. If nothing else, you would think that the Department of Homeland Security would want to keep tracking him just in case. Just saying. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, hey, some guy showing up throwing stuff down your chimney. No, 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 no. Let's find out who this guy is. Yeah, that's right. Let's okay. let's keep up with what that's, you know. But I mean, fortunately, it, they haven't done it as some sort of negative thing, which is, you know. Well, but, you know, hey, think about the number of movies, okay, where, you know, bad people have used Christmas okay, to achieve their nefarious means. We don't want that, right? No. 
you know, we don't want a diehard situation here. I was going to just say, <laughs> we don't want Alan Rickman with a bad German accent to show up and do anything to us. Although I would love Alan Rickman to show up. May he rest in peace. Because um, oh, he's a wonderful actor. actor. Yeah, what wonderful a actor. And if they had just let him have his normal English accent, he still could have been evil. Yes. Oh, yes. He didn't have to be German. And, and for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about uh, Die Hard, uh, the first uh, Die Hard movie. Um, in the <laughs> in the series in the series of 500 but it's the best okay. one okay um and, and and it talks amongst yourselves is die hard a christmas movie it absolutely uh, is uh, uh because there are plenty of people as uh, uh, neil well knows because Nia and i've talked about this there are plenty of people who say that die hard is not a christmas movie Nia and i are both strongly on the side of of course it's a christmas movie <laughs> okay because the movie starts with okay a Christmas party. Okay. Right. So it's a Christmas movie. Well, and he's trying to get back with his he's, estranged he's, wife over like, Christmas. Like Christmas. Hello. It's because, a Christmas movie. Because Home Alone is a Christmas movie. That's a Christmas movie. You know, I because mean, okay, because again, think about how in the spirit of Christmas, okay, the seemingly impossible is possible. <laughs> exactly. Right. Okay. Exactly. If mass media has taught us, okay, inculcated in us nothing else, in the season of Christmas, anything is possible. And for those of you who don't celebrate Christmas, we understand that um, the holiday season, the holiday of any sort at this time of year makes anything possible. Impossible. Um, so we are not trying to be in any way sort of against any of the faiths no, um, or, no, no. or people who don't have a, a particular faith at all. What we say is all comers this time of year, anything is possible um, in part because we're at the end of the year, which is its own kind of magic. Yes. <laughs> right. It's its own kind of magic because no matter what, 2020 is going to be over in just a couple 20 so 20 ish days or so yes and that will be wonderful yes that will be wonderful and we get to look forward to something new like most people in the world we get to try to start over again in january 2021 and see if we can make it go better yes i mean so, rebirth, yeah re you know rebirths um uh are a good thing um, yes and uh uh whether you celebrate a particular holiday this time of year um or just holidays in general um uh you know you know anything is possible right so um, and we wish you happy celebrations of whatever you celebrate or if you don't celebrate anything we hope you're happy doing that too yes um and we will see you again in the spring thanks nia thank you augie You've been listening to Civil Discourse, brought to you by VCU Libraries. Opinions expressed are solely the speaker's own and do not reflect the views or opinions of VCU or VCU Libraries. Special thanks to the Workshop for Technical Assistance. Music by Isaac Hobson. Find more information at guides.library.vcu.edu discourse. As always, no documents were harmed in the making of this podcast.